Nevada Wolfpack wandered into Kinnick Stadium to face off with the hard-nosed Hawkeyes. Iowa initially inserted the pill into the end zone twice in the initial quarter of the game, taking a 14-0 lead. The woeful Wolfpack offense was clobbered and corralled by the Hawkeyes with a heavy handful of harassment of the Nevada quarterback. They sacked him four times in total. In the third quarter, the heavens opened up and lightning languished over cloudy Kinnick Stadium. The game was delayed for four hours, but the hardcore Hawkeyes faithful found Haven hiding inside the stadium as heavy precipitation pounded the playing surface. After a long, drawn-out weather delay, the drenched, dedicated disciples of the Hawkeyes football team descended back into the stands where neighbors even brought their dogs to enjoy the remaining rest of the game. After midnight, the game resumed and the Hawkeyes added a 55-yard touchdown to close out the contest. The fans feasted on big bags brimming with buttered popcorn, basking in the blissful blackness of the beautiful background. Iowa 27 Nevada, zero. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sickos Committee podcast for our review of week three in college football. My name is Jordan. I am the VP of graphic design and a bunch of other things and learning how to do data science through weird statistics for college football. With me tonight is, as always, is Commissioner Escalante and our Canadian correspondent, Joey. <laughs> Joey, how title. you yeah, Joey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Was up late last night watching uh, watching the Arizonas, which was interesting. Um, and that was like, the Arizona games were like the first games I'd watched because I was at work all day. And then I spent today watching the early slate. So I got like the reverse of what everyone else went through on, on a Saturday. Which is actually probably the best because that early slate was not great. Yeah. It seemed to pick up as it went. Kavish, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Tired. I was watching Hawaii and Duquesne on my phone. Uh, the, the Team 1 sports app. Sponsor us, sponsor us, Team One. Sponsor us, Team One Sports app. I also stayed up for the Iowa madness because apparently a lot of our followers were still at the game, so I, I felt like I had to stay up with them, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was a fantastic experience, and I'm glad that the Iowa folks got to see out that win there. Do you think that set that Iowa second half set a record for a highest sickos to non sickos ratio in a stadium? It had to have been. Like who else it was had, there? I mean, there was like, I think they, were, they said maybe about 500 people. And honestly, I, I, a lot of us, a lot of them like were just like taking, you know, photos of themselves and sending it to us. And they were like, hey, we're still in Kinnick, like, you know, taking selfies. Some people were saying there was Nevada parents who sat in the rain the whole time. I can imagine that. Like if I traveled to it, I definitely would have like stuck it out. I can't imagine being a college kid in, in Iowa and coming back to that though. Like I just don't, that I can't imagine. I think the counter would be, what else are you going to do? Before we get into that game, I want to give you guys a little uh, a little what the fuck moment that actually just came across my phone. A high school in Austin, Texas, auctioning off their PTO, parent teacher organization, is auctioning off two parking spaces at the school, student parking spaces, okay? Mm-hmm. I want you to guess what the starting bid on these two parking spaces has to be, what the low bid is. I'm trying to remember what I paid for my parking spot in high school. It would have been like 20 bucks. My, my parking pass was like $5. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go, I mean, you said Austin. I, I don't know what high school this is. I know there's a lot of money around there. I, I'm going to say $10,000. I'm less thinking money and more thinking space. Like, is this in the middle of Austin? So where no, space is, is at a big premium? No. No, this is this is a, this is a suburb, but a very rich suburb. Okay, I'm going to say about two hundred dollars. They are auctioning off two with a starting bid is five thousand. But if you just if you just want to buy it now, if oh, you just Christ. want the, the buy it now price for one of them, are, are they doing is, this on eBay? 
is twenty thousand dollars. Oh my god! This is a They're high doing this school, on eBay. a high school parking spot. Three of them. Now they are they are reserve spots, so you know. What is this high school's mascot? Uh, the Chaparral, which is a roadrunner. It's Westlake High School out in like. Oh, okay, that that makes sense. It's Westlake. Yeah. I was about to say, is it Westlake? It is. Westlake. It's Westlake. Yeah, yeah. the Chaparral, no, which okay. is a, the Chaparral, which is a roadrunner. That's Drew Brees' high school. I, it is, so that, that's just a money thing. Like that's just a people have money thing. That's not a that's not a these spots are actually valuable thing. No, it's just this, a, this is, is what it's going for. Yeah, no, 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 this is this is just a like like there is tons of parking at this school. There is space, whatever. Oh Christ! This is this is just like this is you know you get a special spot. <laughs> it's a status symbol parking spot. That's exactly what it is. Incredible. There it's we go, the, guys. It's the driving a Mercedes to to school of parking lots, which will probably hold a, a Mercedes. To be honest, I I would guess that now actually actually probably a, probably a Ford F one fifty. If I'm gonna I'm really gonna guess it around here, it's probably an F one fifty. Gotcha. Let's get going on the game reviews. We have a bunch of stuff to cover, some a little, some a lot. Let's start with our game of the week, Nevada at Iowa. This game was delayed three times for a total of about four hours and ended at about a little shy of 2 a.m. Central. I was one of the very vocal people who said this should not be game of the week, and I will gladly say I was wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, this one, for the game of the week, I, I could not decide. Normally, if there's like a tie or if it's close, I'll, I'll make the final call on the Sickos game of the week. And I just had like four up there. There were some other ones that maybe I could have thrown up there, but they didn't get much support in the committee. And then I just threw the poll out to the Twitter followers. And I mean, really, they almost like 50% of the vote was this game. And this was a weird game because Iowa was favored by 23 and a half points. And the over or under was, was 40 and a half. And all of us in the committee were very confused on like, how could you cover the spread of 23 and a half and still be under the 40 points of the over and under? And, and Iowa did it, man. Iowa did it. They did it. They broke the math. They that seems to be the, uh, the story of the season is, well, we thought this was impossible, but Iowa did it. Iowa had a decent passing game. Iowa ran the ball okay. Iowa's defense looked good, but it's always looked good. That's not the surprising part. I, I the, the weirdest part was simply that Iowa showed up. They played a team that was not as good as they were, and they didn't play down to them. They just played Iowa football and won, which we haven't been able to say for a while. How that Nevada defense looked, though, like I, I'm I'm genuinely struggling because I don't know how much you can say Iowa didn't play down to them and, and more of a could anyone have played down to that Nevada team? They are they are in a bad way right now. Like we knew they were going to be in a bad way and they're yeah. Well, I mean, Nevada already has two wins anyway. They they did defeat Texas That's State right. and they also beat New Mexico State. New Mexico State and Texas State did turn the ball over to them a lot. Uh, Iowa didn't do that. Iowa set some records for the longest play of the year offensively twice in this game. So they had a 40-yard touchdown. And then uh, after the endless rain delay, they had a 55-yard touchdown uh, to cap it off and make it 27-0. And to cover the 23.5-point spread, it still hit the under of 40 points. So a 27-0 win. The fun part for us, I guess, just running the Twitter account, it was just we were waiting for this game to end. We didn't know if they were going to cancel it. We had no idea if they were going to try to keep playing it. They tried like two other times and then i think like nevada had the ball at like third down or something or or his fourth down and so nevada was either gonna punt or try to kick like a 57 yard field goal so that happened like four times in the most sickos thing coming out of this like long delay the first thing could have been a punt and that would have been like so fitting for this game but it was a 57 yard field goal and that that sailed a little bit 
right for Nevada, and they just couldn't get any points on the board. I, I got to shout out all the followers. It was amazing. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it, it was it was nuts. Uh, like the security went home for the day, and like people <laughs> were just people were just coming into the stadium. Like, hey, this game's still going on. The 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 best one is somebody's dad, one of our followers. Someone their dad was walking their dog and walked the dog inside the stadium. My biggest adrenaline rush of all of Saturday was I just happened to be looking on my phone on the account and the first tweet of someone going hey there's a dog in here just popped up on the notifications <laughs> like with, with one second i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god retweeted it right away it was immediate immediate retweet yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no then the uh, the person that their dad was there like changed to her uh, her or their or his twitter and heading to like yes that was my dad with our dog yes uh, <laughs> and I basically replied to him this morning. I was like, say hi to your dad for us. It was fantastic. There was another guy who was still, you know, waiting up late watching the game. He replied with a picture like, hey, I'm I'm watching it here too, but I'm at home. And then I can see the picture. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but he was reading dental insurance regulations waiting for this game to start back up. You know, you got to you gotta keep yourself up with some exciting reading. And I assume that that was, you know. If you're if you're an Iowa football fan, I'm sure dental insurance regulations is also the most exciting thing that's happened to you that day. <laughs> what what shocked me though was that I guess shocked is the wrong word, but just kind of surprised me is that we actually didn't have any Nevada fans write in, which would have which would have made my day like even more than it already was made because like you're down what was it it was like seventeen nothing at the time your team might be about to punt and you're waiting for three hours four hours but yes <laughs> well it, it was it was split into two chunks right three like they yeah, was three right yeah, three. yeah it was ridiculous like there was i think they came out and then there was like a play and then like another lightning crash i mean there was like the most metal hawkeyes water tower picture, picture. lightning behind that it was so like i was like Rawr. yeah <laughs> like hawkeyes football super metal like it was it was great uh there was another oh man that, this game was fantastic we're getting some nevada fans now so i'm sure they're really gonna get on me about my pronunciation today i saw a bunch of a bunch of followers today after we were watching the game the whole time i remember getting uh, live reports that um that stadium workers are rushing to clear out the concession stands that could feed the players oh, i bet yeah I, I mean that's always the I'm, I'm always i'm always completely enthralled by like the the peanut butter and jelly sandwich brigade that shows up during rain delays or whatever I think it yeah. was like an, an it was like a Texas Navy game or something years and years ago. And by years and years I mean like three years ago. Was uh <laughs> years where ago. where uh, they ha- they had one of these delays and uh, a reporter nonchalantly said like yeah and the Texas team is ordering pizzas to the locker room and a bunch of Twitter people were like, Ordering pizzas? How's that gonna fuel them for the second half? And I'm like you try getting any food <laughs> at, at like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's going to feed an entire... The thing was, the, I think at the, towards the end, once they restarted and they made like the fourth quarter, there was just like crowd shots of like the 500 people there with giant <laughs> big old bags of popcorn. Like <laughs> the, the comically sized like popcorn. I was hoping for the Washington State guy to pop back up. I thought just, they had know, closed and- concessions. And I in the back of my head, I was like, did he go home and get that? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, time. So, or someone just broke into concessions and just like I mean, there, are houses, there are houses right across the street from Kinnick and, and I had to look it up once I saw the guy walking his dog just walking into the stadium there's houses basically right across the street and I did not realize that and so hey let's take your dog for a walk to go see Iowa Plate Nevada I, I heard reports that the signal in Kinnick is usually very very bad so if, if you couldn't tweet at us at the time but you were there 
and you took pictures or whatever, or you have a story, please write in. The weirdest transitive win so far. Hey, Eastern Kentucky, you've got a win over Notre Dame. No one's going to take that away from you. Do you think no- Eastern Kentucky could beat Notre Dame straight up? Sure. Why not? I love I love transitive win garbage. It makes me happy. So yes, absolutely. You can't say they can't. Marshall, I don't, man, Bowling Green and Marshall was just a weird ass game because it shouldn't have been anywhere close. Marshall looked great and then they didn't. This was on the NFL network, which is also always bizarre. So when I found out we were getting games on the NFL network again this year, I was actually a little bit excited because I didn't watch any of the college games on the NFL network last year, if there were any. I remembered back when Western Michigan played in, I believe, the International Bowl long, long ago. Mm-hmm. And this is actually long, long ago. This is like 2007. And uh, they pl- that game was on the NFL Network and they had like a custom NFL Network scorebook. It was super tacky. It was unique. I like, this is kind of the reason why I like the Notre Dame NBC thing is that they don't use the NBC NFL scorebook. And I got so mad when I tuned into this game and they just had the ESPN scorebook. I was like, show me something different. At least Bally, like Bally's is dog water, but at least it's something different. Hey, Syracuse, you won. They did technically win. Kamesh, is Syracuse good? I'm just going to say perhaps. Counterpoint. No, they are not. (laughs) Counterpoint. Counter counterpoint. I don't think we could have possibly learned anything from this game. That is Okay, that's fair. (laughs) And and we were pu- and we were we, we were punished for trying to learn something from it. <laughs> Syracuse would not answer the question, so um, we're gonna say that Syracuse is being a little political with us right now. They won't give us a direct answer to our question: Is Syracuse good? We, we will eventually find out. Syracuse is this the football equivalent of pleading the fifth? <laughs> that game was uh, so wild. It was so wild. Thing is, here's the thing about that game is that Syracuse didn't really play in that game. Football happened to Syracuse. Yeah, Sir, was- per- Purdue was it was extremely entertaining and also god awful for parts of this game. And Syracuse just kind of was like, just kind of a the good way of phrasing it is they took what they were given. The honest way of phrasing it is Syracuse was just kind of there. You that could have been any team on the other side of Purdue, and that game probably we would have ended up the exact same. The gif of the girl and the guy in front of her is (laughs) my my absolute newest favorite thing from the season so far. If you haven't seen it yet in the account, and I'll post it a thousand more times this season, I promise. Oh, yeah. Is a a woman going, this is so fucking stupid. And then a dude right in front of her going, woo! And that... (laughs) That is absolutely, every time we watch games, every time we experience the sport, it's those two moments and they overlap just like that. There's usually two of us tweeting from the account at the same time about the same game. And that's usually both reactions. Exactly. (laughs) At the same time. Yeah, that's right. One's like, yeah, this is great. We're like, oh, look at this weird thing that just happened. And another one is just completely overreacting. Well, for us, it's more like, this is so fucking stupid. And then someone else gets on and goes, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah, just, awesome. the caps. The caps matters a lot. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll throw the, the caps at now then. Someone throwing in the cry face emoji. How far back did Purdue end up kicking off? So Purdue kicked off from their ten after taking the lead. After taking the lead, they got two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, and they kicked off from their ten. After Syracuse took the lead back, they got more unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, and Syracuse kicked off from Purdue's thirty-five. Here's the thing: these these like weird kickoff locations, like they happen once or twice a year, but I can't remember the last time it actually mattered. Yes, like this this and this actually mattered. Yeah, this affected the game. Syracuse had a really, like, what would have been a pedestrian return turned into an awesome return 
and that's why they were able to advance the ball with penalties only to the end zone. It was it was great. I mean, this was the classic game where one team makes a mistake to try to give it to the other team. The other team was like, no, I'm going to make a bigger mistake and give it back to you. And that's what Purdue out uh, out Syracuse themselves, so to speak. And and <laughs> we didn't we didn't learn anything from this game. It was highly entertaining. We got a we got a, a gif or gif for the year out of it, and it is. It is completely fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Syracuse and Purdue. It, it, it was amazing. I think at the end of this year, we're going to forget this game happened, and then we're going to see that GIF and go like, oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean that, that it will cement it in our heads, just like. Yep. Oh, yeah, Syracuse and Purdue played. Why did that happen? Right. That's going to be awesome in like two weeks. Can they rematch in the pinstripe bowl? I want this to happen again. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Boy Moors presents Syracuse and Purdue in Yankee Stadium. Oh, God. Please, please. At least they're playing on real grass again. Oh, hey. True. Hey, the App State game, it was game day. Troy played App State way better than they should, and the finish of this game was so insane. If you guys haven't heard it, basically, it was a Hail Mary at the very end that App State's quarterback, like, threw a little short. It bounced in the air three times, and he grabs it. The App State receiver grabs it and runs it in. If you haven't seen our good friend uh, Tim Burke at Bubba Prague on Twitter, he does a great thing where will take the the radio calls and sync them up with the, the TV. And we're big fans of radio calls. You'll see us talking about it a lot. I like listening to the radio calls on most games. And I'm going to tell you guys a little story about how this one about messed me up. Um, I was at Whole Foods with my kiddo, just trying to get out of the house a little bit. And I had one earbud end listening to the App State game. Just had it sort of on in the background, wasn't paying attention to it. Had it pretty low. And I was picking up apples and the kiddo wanted apples and whatever. And I'd heard like, oh, they were they were almost like four and out. Like they hadn't been passing very well. It looked like this game was over. Troy was going to win. And then it got quiet. And then the radio call screamed so loud that (laughs) I like dropped the apples and then like jumped back into another like thing of fruit. I caused carnage at Whole Foods because of this game end. So App State, congratulations. I look like a giant jackass. I feel like there's a not insignificant part of the App State fan base that'd be fired up that they they uh, ruined a Whole Foods. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And and that, that that I didn't also burn it down in this at the same time is disappointing to them. I get that. It was a great game. That ending was nuts. That's one of the ones that's like, Remember the Central Michigan one from a couple of years ago in the Bahamas Bowl? It, it was like that times 11. And even the Central Michigan one gets replayed every year. That's going to be like the Hail Mary from now on. And it was funny because we like we were just talking about Miracle on the Mountain Part 1. Like we were like earlier this week, we were just talking about that Furman game from 2002, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever it was, just talking about it. And I had totally forgotten about it. And then to like have the bigger version of that happen this weekend. Just a great App State. Congratulations. They play James Madison next week, which is going to be a hell of a game. Mm. Good, uh, good awareness by the commentator to immediately pivot to Miracle on the Mountain Part 2. Yes. <laughs> it was that great. Was the Husky Revolution was brutally crushed by... <laughs> by uh king harbaugh and his men yeah king harbaugh came down and uh put the husky revolution down brutally there's not a ton to talk about in this game but we've all seen the we've seen the the uh, connecticut blue man right yeah yes hey kansas you're three and oh and you beat houston ranked houston that college game day is going to tennessee florida and not going to kansas duke is such garbage such garbage can, can we call this the sickos game of the week if it's a good game? Like, is that allowed? That's tough. Like, that's... I, c- I kind of want to. Can we just, like, make, like, a graphic for this being 
Sicko's Game Day. I can do, yeah, I can do. <laughs> and then it's not the Sicko's Game of the Week, but it, it would have earned Sicko's Game Day if we had money to travel. We would be going to Lawrence and hosting a podcast with maybe like five people that show up if you're lucky, or, or maybe some people that pass in the parking lot wherever we're at in the maybe, the academy ca- uh, canopy that we had to rent or something. Maybe for like we're coming to your city, we could just like post random facts about the city of Lawrence for the next week. Oh, there we go. Find out some things about Lawrence. Sure. Fun. Fa- hang on one second. I'm gonna Google fun fact about Lawrence, oh. Kansas. All right, let's do it. Google results. 50 Nothing. things you didn't didn't know about Lawrence from thekansan.com. There's 50 things? I like. I don't think there are 50 things. I Well, yeah, there are probably 50 things I don't know about Lawrence. There's probably 50 things I don't know about Lawrence. There's probably not 50 things I know about Lawrence. Oh, here we go. The street name and the street names in Lawrence have a long history. The numbered streets used to be named for important public officials, while the state name streets are significant in terms of when each state was added to the union. Massachusetts Street is wider than the other streets in Lawrence. <laughs> okay, sure. Does wait? Does this mean there's a street in Lawrence for every state? Hang on, let me just Google. If, 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 there, is, if there isn't, yeah, where's Hawaii? Where's Hawaii Street in Lawrence? Hawaii Street. Uh, no, but there's a Hawaiian restaurant in Lawrence called the Hawaiian Bros Island Grill. You guys want to go for game day? Got it. That's where we're, I'm there. That's, where, that's where we're starting at. That's where we're gonna shoot out of. Yeah, that's right. We're coming to your Hawaiian grills. So do you think that Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois because there wasn't a trophy? Are we back to this again? Yes. He's a prize fighter. Pat Fitzgerald, he's got to fight for like a belt or a trophy or something. And he's 1-0 in trophy games. He's got the crystal helmet. And that was in Ireland. Now he's 0-2 in non-trophy games. So uh, the theory that our, our... our director of psycholytics, uh, Dr. Garage, he, he indicated that uh, he would not, he didn't think Northwestern was good and he, he thought maybe they, they would go one and 11. And we kind of doubted him, but now they're one and two and they just lost to Southern Illinois. The Salukis, basically, that, that feels like a, a March Madness upset a little bit here. But, you know, again, you got a good Kansas. We're talking about Duke. And now we have like the mid major Southern Illinois with the upset over the uh, low seed Northwestern Wildcats. Yeah, this is, this is, it's it's turning into basketball season and football a little bit here. Abilene Christian, I, the Mizzou Abilene Christian game doesn't need a lot of talk about. Mizzou won, but we learned real fast about why you don't fair catch, <laughs> why you don't, why you don't fair catch punts on the on the one yard line. Kickoffs and punts are very different. And we learned this from last chance you. Yes, and Abilene Christian also learned that last, uh, last yesterday very carefully. The commentator I, on this call was hilarious. <clears throat> like oh. Uh, they just fair caught on the one. Like just thinking what everyone's thinking. Yeah, I, I just, it, what he signals for the fair catch, and then there was like a pause, <laughs> realizing where he was. The commentator was just it was like uh, like two or three seconds of silence. Oh, he fair caught it on the one. I mean, it's it's bound to happen. I want to say that they actually took that drive. And they went 77 yards after that, and they got a field goal after that mistake. So they did. It, it wasn't all in vain. Uh, punt returner, you, you, everybody makes mistakes. At least you didn't muff the punt. Also, doesn't require a ton of talking. But uh, Kent State beat Long Island University on their home leg of their ride to hell tour. They wrap up with Georgia next week. So good luck with that, Kent State. Oh my God! Sounds like yeah. they're on a winning streak. They're going to go two and two on the hell tour. But from your words to from your words to God's ears, Mississippi State LSU. That was a weird ass game. Of course, that's what it was. That's why it's like like it wasn't the sickos game of the week, but it was in the top ten. I think it was like five, and it it lived up to it. I mean, Mississippi State looked like they're world beaters. They're up thirteen nothing. Uh, then somehow LSU out of nothing. 
scores the touchdown like right before halftime. Then it's 13-7. Uh, Mississippi State doesn't score any points, uh, maybe only three points for the rest of the game. And then LSU comes out of nowhere with an offensive explosion of 21 points in the fourth quarter. I, I do want to uh, bring out uh, a new award. Uh, we're going to call it the Guys Being Dudes Fighting for Their Life Award. Uh, there was like <laughs> three guys in, in the stands, and they're just – they're like swaying to the music and they're all absolutely done. Uh, the one in the middle is, is probably the one that's the worst. I don't know if you saw this or not, but he he was done. But we want to give them the guys being dudes drunk fighting for their life award. LSU's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> ODU covered, but did not win the Commonwealth Cup from Virginia. Ugh. So clearly this means that Virginia is going to win the Commonwealth Cup this year over Virginia Tech. Transitive property. ODU took the lead very late. Just couldn't hold on, and Virginia got a game-winning field goal. It's I guess Virginia got the win because they finally allowed the the good dog in after a bunch of internet bullying. So that's how they won. Thank God for internet bullying. Western Kentucky, Indiana ended up being a crazy shootout, but had one of my favorite videos of the day. (laughs) It did. I'm watching the game, and you know, I'm like, oh, Western Kentucky's up. I think it's like 17-10 right before half. Uh, the Hilltoppers are up, and then there's like this weird semi Hail Mary where it's fourth and 10, it's no man's land. So the Indiana quarterback just throws it up and hopes that his wide receivers come down with it. There's like a, a mass of bodies, like eight or nine, 10 people in the end zone, and then they all just crash into the <laughs> goalpost because the ball was thrown a little bit too deep. And then they all do the comic, like, fall over thing. <laughs> like, the goalpost splits them. Mm-hmm. And then you can just see the goalpost shaking after <laughs> after that hitting. Nobody was hurt, so we could laugh at it. But it was just ridiculous. And then the replay, of course, like the super slow-mo of them running into the... And then there's, like, an under the, the goalpost angle, and the commentator's like, wow, we got cameras everywhere. It is... <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment, and and that's that's what we look for. So this is why I brought in the CFL guy. That's right. Right. Yeah. If that if that goal if that goalpost had been on the on the goal line, even more fun. Late last year, I remember Nate, uh, the BC Lions quarterback ha- was throwing like a it would have it would have started I think a lateral palooza mm-hmm. uh, from his own end zone to win the game, and he he just from his own end zone just threw it off the back of his own upright. It was absolutely fantastic. We're going to need to find video of that one. I'll go looking for it. <laughs> All right. Indiana's 3-0. and Western Kentucky should have won the game. They had like a 40-some-odd-yard field goal to win it. And they iced them. It worked. But apparently kicking against that glass, that glass end zone that Indiana has, like, yeah. I don't know if, like, the kickers seeing themselves – kicking and the reflection throws him off because I know it messed with Penn State a couple years ago. So I don't know if that's intentional. Like it's a mirror into your soul and you will not make the field goal. But it worked. And Indiana Indiana is the luckiest 3-0 team and they're they're very sickos because of that. I I don't know how they keep winning these games, but they are pulling it off and they are 3-0 because again if they lose five games this year, they're going to be the first FBS team to have 700 losses. Cal scared Notre Dame and it was wonderful. Hey guys, I want to just apologize to everyone. If I posted, you know, I got into a, a, a mood a couple of days ago with Oski, the uh, Cal mascot, and I just kept sending him through AI algorithms and having different Oskis show up. And then I just felt like posting them all one night. And then as people reacted to it, I just sort of leaned into it and it sort of became a thing. And uh, 
I'm just glad y'all were along for that ride because Nightmare Oski is probably one of my favorite things. I like that that started, as, that started as an apology and it just ended up with, and I liked it. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yep, that's, that was it. It started as an apology and then I halfway through, I was like, wait, why am I apologizing? It's amazing. The, the whole Cal game, the Cal and Notre Dame game, everybody was just replying with like one of the nine images out of <laughs> like, I don't know how many images you threw out there, the hundreds of images like, yep. of, of Oski. And they would reply after like we tweet about a play with one of those randomly generated images. So I, I really thank you for that jordan i appreciate <laughs> it and and i'm glad we didn't lose any followers over that because it was ridiculous and i believe all of those oski pictures would not allow this game to end oh my god like notre dame was like it seemingly sealed the game like four times three or four times two or three times on the final drive and you just couldn't like it was like cal is not dying and then they just they, the oski pictures keep coming back it's like mm-hmm. oski will not let this game end Dude, and, even in the, even on that last Hail Mary, the ball was in the air forever. Oh it, felt, it felt like it was there for years. It, it was it was tipped up at least like four or five times. There's a cow receiver like on his side and it lands like on his hip or something. And he tries to get it and it gets flicked up again. Uh, and then, I mean, they almost had it. I, I can't, I, I would not. It was, it was basically the most sickos near completed Hail Mary since like I, I referenced the game in like 96 when Harbaugh was a quarterback for the Colts. And they almost pulled this off Hail Mary yeah. style the Steelers in like the AFC championship. It was one of those that it just got tipped out around and then there was a wide receiver on the ground that almost caught it and, and looked like they caught it. It was just uh, good for Notre Dame to survive. I'll just say that. It would have been too powerful for this to happen on the same day as the App State one. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this, guys. The only time I the only time Escalante ever pulled something weird that I posted because obviously, like I post the weird stuff. Like, like I'm I'm the weirdest one. I post the weird <laughs> pictures. It's me. The only time you ever pulled something that you were like, "This is too weird," was for the Potato Bowl last year. I found a gif of a Dutch ice cream commercial, which is like a dude just like made of ice cream, like eating his head, like eating ice cream. It looks like potatoes. And Escalante was just like, we're going to pull this. No, we can't do this. This is is too weird. Only. The only tweet I've, I was like, no, we're going to delete. We're, we're done. No, I can't. I couldn't handle that. I, and then Katie, who was on the podcast the uh, the other day, the last podcast, uh, she was she was like, oh, my God, I remember that one. It was just so haunting yet hilarious. And I was like, and it's just ridiculous. I was just like, no, I just no, I, I had to shut that one down because it was haunting me. I'll just say that. So in case you're wondering at home, this is us with filters. Yes, right. Yes. This is, yeah. yeah. It gets worse. That's why there's a committee because we all have these like weird tendencies we lean into if we don't have someone else to control them. Yeah, I, I was I was held back on corfball posting for a while there. I still get corfball TikToks, by the way. The algorithm I, thinks I'm just a corfhead. Penn State. What's the word you used here? I was like, Penn State really moited them. They did. Like 1940s gangster style. They moited them. See? Brian Harson is is gone for this world, right, guys? So they they I thought uh, when I think Godfrey tweeted out like the eyes emoji uh, this sun, Sunday afternoon, I thought this could be Harson. I thought it was Harson too, but it wasn't. It ended um, up being Herm, and it ended up being Herm. Yes, uh, but the the thing that's that's funny for me the most about this, like I mean, Auburn really wasn't close at all in this game, and Penn State just just kept taking it to them. The graphic mistake that Game Day made for like week one on game day where it has a picture of Brian Harson and it's just like what is Brian Harson's status at Nebraska? I did not think we'd be getting this much mileage out of this 
graphic this soon in the season. It's like week three, and it is I mean, so now great. I have a genuine question. What yeah. is Brian Harson's status at Nebraska? I know. Now it's like a legit question instead of like, it was just a stupid meme. Now it's real. It's like they, they knew this was going to happen in the, uh, the graphic department of, of College Game Day. They are, you know, soothsayers, so to speak. Vandy went to DeKalb, Illinois and won. They were behind and they came back. They dug in and they won. Bowl eligible Vandy question mark? No, I, I've been over. So I, I hate to shut it down because I'd love to play in the space. But I after the um, Hawaii game, I me and uh, Remy, a mm-hmm. friend of mine, friend of the show, went through Vanderbilt's schedule. And we were just like, okay, find six wins. No, find five wins. And uh, well, they've got Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, Mizzou, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. South Carolina. Yeah, Maybe. okay, there's one. Maybe Mizzou. Maybe. Mizzou. Maybe that's five. That's five. Okay. And then Vanderbilt's a smart school. And then you just gotta steal one from Georgia, Alabama. Not even. You just, you just you just need you just need your, your players to be smart and then uh there's not enough bowl teams. There we go. Five and seven, smart Vandy gets in. That's the only way, because you we're sickos here. You wanna look me in the eyes through the screen. I know my camera's not on, but you wanna look me in the eyes and tell me that Vandy <laughs> is beating Ole Miss or Tennessee or Florida this year? Just got to steal one. Just got to steal one. So they always say. I mean, Florida just almost lost to South Florida. Is it in Nashville? I believe so. Ooh, maybe. Wait, hold up. Yeah, no, I... Mm. I can I can see five and seven, six and six. It's a long shot, but let's I'm give so Vandy excited. some... Let's give Vandy some credit. I can see it's a long shot. We, we, we I'm need so them. excited for Twitter to get a hold of this. Yeah, the sickos community. Awesome. Vandy's going to beat Florida. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, South Florida almost did it, but we'll see. Uh, it, who knows? This year has been really weird, so I don't want to rule anything out. The vaunted Vandy offense. I just had to say that phrase. 24 unanswered points in DeKalb, Illinois. Again, Vandy, you know you're in, you, you know you're in the SEC, right, Vandy? Like, you don't have they to put, do these kinds of games. They put they away put Northern out. Illinois. That's right. Northern Illinois normally plays nothing but close games, but not against Vandy, folks. Weird week for the MAC. SEC speed. Hey, Kamish, ULM didn't get shut out. That's a win. Unfortunately, uh, your your Terry Bowden uh, as Christ tattoo that I've already planned out, unfortunately, is going to have to wait for later. That's right. Well, uh, maybe. Uh, I, I mean, they do play the, the Cajuns next week, but I'm not betting a tattoo on I'll that say, we bet, after, uh, after, after, <laughs> after the Cajuns lost to Rice, you want to bet a tattoo on that one? Come uh, on. Uh, uh, no. I mean, it was close last year, 21-16, but no, no tattoo for me. There was a funny Reddit post where an Alabama fan was watching the entire game, which I, I watched the entire game because I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment as a ULM fan. Glutton for uh, Terry Bowden. Oh, yeah. right. Glutton. We love Terry Bowden. I'm, I am I'm the uh, president of the Terry Bowden fan club. I don't, I don't think we have meetings. We just tweet about it. Basically, there was a Reddit post where somebody was like, he could not figure out what Terry Bowden looked like the entire game. And then at the end, it hit him that Terry Bowden looked like a pharmacist. <laughs> And there's the picture in there. So he did. He does. Like Terry Bowden's like, you know, you want to you wanna refill your prescription. Terry Bowden's there for you. Terry Bowden looks like the pharmacist who is about to go down for some sort of shady deal. But yeah. not yet. He's about to. And he knows it. You guys would be surprised if you Google Terry Bowden tattoo. No, like no real results there. Oh, it would have been the first of his prize. Don't worry. We got... There's, there are many years of this. Of, before people get tired of Sickos Committee, there's many years of this left. And I'm going to put this up as a forfeit for you like every year. You're on out. <laughs> I mean, okay. ULM does need the buy games. Who they got next I year? Know. No, I have no idea. Hey, South Florida, you scared the hell out of Florida. Florida looked really bad. 
I'm I'm kind of worried about them in this first year. We knew they were going to be bad, but not this bad. ULM's by game next year is Florida, by the way. Or sorry, not Florida, Texas A&M. Oy. Oh, I'll make that. Hey, there we go. Oh, not again. I was there in uh, Kyle Field last time. I think it was like 48-10. And I, guess we're, I, say we're, I guess we're going to Kyle Field next year. Um, oh, no. We're coming to your city. <laughs> we're coming to College Station. <laughs> Like the like the national championship trophy that was at the Walmart and College Station this weekend. Yeah, South South Florida, you scared the hell out of Florida. It was it was such it was weird. The kick that they had the tie to send it into overtime, it was a bad hold, and it was almost flat on the ground. Like the the ball was almost <laughs> sitting flat on the ground, and it slowly got elevated as the kicker went to kick it. Like he was just swinging no matter what. He didn't stop. Like in slow mo. And he was just he was just going, and and he hit it, and basically it was like a like a sculled line drive, and it was just so flat, and it just flew, and then at the last second it just tailed off to the right. It almost went in, even with that bad hole. It was crazy. The way the ball was when hit when the foot made contact is how you usually want the ball when you're about to kick an onside kick. Yes, right. You want it like flat and weird, huh? Exactly right. He still almost got it in. It's crazy, but that's a good thing for South Florida so uh, to show some signs of life. Finally, I think can they build off of this? Let's hope. I've never seen. I've never heard commentators uh, that like, especially a special uh, on a special teams play that loudly just say, "This is one guy's fault." Like the commentator went out of the way to go, "Yeah, the protection was good. The snap was good. The kick was good. It's just the holder." <laughs> Poor holder. God. It was the it was the Australian punter. They don't hold kicks. They don't, hold, they don't know. They don't know how to do that. Hey, hey, Rice Owls, you beat the Raging Cajuns. Hoot hoot! That was the longest FBS winning streak, active winning streak, I believe. Fifteen games is no more. No more, and you lost it to Rice. So, congrats. I had Rice for dinner tonight. I'm going to pretend it was for this reason. There we go. Shout out! Shout out to your girlfriend from the last episode, Dirty Rice. Dirty Rice, yes. Dirty Rice. Bring, who knew that Dirty Rice was going to be so, Did it. so active think, in this? I think it was Jason's picture of bread, beans, and rice, where he had the game Louisiana Rice, and then it was just a picture of Popeye's <laughs> bread, beans, and rice. We had to, I had to do it for halftime. I put the halftime score, and then I put the, the bread, beans, and rice just to, to honor that one. So things got weird late night in Arizona. Let's break this, up into, this, game. Break this up into two chunks. First off, Eastern Michigan went to Arizona State and got Herm Edwards fired. First ever MAC team to beat a Pac-12 team in the regular season. That's that's Woo! crazy. Like not surprising because like how many MAC teams are going to travel out to the Pac-12? Like like they don't like those games don't happen very often. I assume I don't know. Now I'm thinking about we need more bowl games that are Pac-12 MAC matchups. This game, I expected there to be a a game where a team got absolutely taken to the woodshed last night in Arizona. And this was not the game I was predicting. There was, there was a point in the third quarter. It was close ish. Like it was like, it wasn't to the point where we're like, Oh, Eastern's got him. It was about like, huh? Like, you know, that point in the game. Yeah. And I was watching and I knew Arizona state was done when on like a eight yard pass, EMU makes an ankle tackle and just out of nowhere, the Arizona state guy just kicks the emu guy in the neck oh jesus and i'm just like oh well arizona state's done yeah they've lost it now joey did you actually bet on this game i bet eastern michigan money line you are an absolute degenerate but was sitting at work i had bet 365 open and i looked i saw 
I remembered who's the Arizona State fan that we have in our in our committee. I think it's Brooklyn, right? It's Brooklyn. Brooklyn, that's right. Yeah. Brooklyn was saying something about how like the mood around the team was bad, and I just remembered Eastern's real scrappy. And I was like, I got ten bucks, and I threw it on that game. Ninety bucks on Eastern Michigan money line, right there. Money line, like like if you bet Eastern Michigan to cover, okay, that I maybe get. But money line, that's oh. If God. you're if you're throwing a lottery ticket bet out there, if I'm putting ten bucks on it, I'm just gonna be like, if I lose ten bucks, that's gonna suck. But it's the it's the meme that I posted. It was like, when you gamble, you can lose a hundred percent of your money, but you can earn two thousand percent of your money. Do the math. Mm-hmm. That's the mindset I went into that one with. And hey, I'll I'll fly a pirate flag at my desk. Uh, Apparently, every Mac team has to do that. They have to carry around the Mac pirate flag. Since 2018, every Mac team that goes to play a P5 team on the road, they have to carry around the Mac pirate flag. I believe they started this when Western beat Northwestern that one year. Yes. You know, we always talk about these conferences need to have identities. Like, that's what makes them fun. And you know what? This is a great identity for the Mac. The Mac knows exactly what it is. Yeah. And they're fun as hell. You can't yep. say that about the American. The game in Arizona that I thought was going to be weird that ended up being a really good game. Arizona beat North Dakota State. The vibe of this game was so off. It was like it was like I dreamed this game because the entire game, it felt normal in the sense that, oh, I'm watching a scrappy team take on a favorite and it's close. But Arizona was the scrappy team. That's all right. And I just want to say this every time Arizona wins a game. I don't know how many times I'm going to get it. You don't just waltz into the fish tank and get a win. That's right. I mean, you don't waltz into a fish tank. You don't just like swim into the fish tank. You don't. No. You don't. I don't think bison swim. No. See, that's what happened. They drowned in the fish tank. That's what it was. (laughs) Uh, You know who was was, uh, running around like they were drowning? Jaden Delora. Oh, my God. He is so awesome. He is so entertaining. I mean, I think, wait, wait, Petros got this game, and he was just like, Jaden Delora just running around there with like a chicken with his head cut off. It is so nuts. And this this game was just wild. I think there was one play he ran around like like 20 seconds and, and just he completed a pass for like four yards. And I'm like, this is yep. amazing. All he does is scramble. That's, that's all <laughs> he does because his, because his O-line disintegrates so fast. <laughs> all of a sudden, like just he has to scramble and he just makes so much out of it. It's muscle memory at this point because I saw one play where he was clean and he just went for a walk. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a three-step drop anymore. He has a he has a three-step back, two, two to the left, four four to the back, two to the right drop at this point. It's just muscle memory. Playing too much Dance Dance Revolution. He just has that stuck <laughs> in his head. He just follows the arrows. Yeah, yeah he, right. his cadence is one, two, seven, three, down to Rockefeller Street. Ooh, a, ooh, a Eurovision callback. I love it. Joey's oh. here. He's going to mention Eurovision. There we go. Yeah. Can't, you guys get, get hype now that we have a podcast and we can do Eurovision coverage. Oh, get hype oh. for this. Escalante, I'm dragging you along this year for Eurovision. Oh, I, okay. I, I don't know. At some point in, in January or February, we'll have to give uh, Escalante the, uh, whatchamacallit, the rundown. One, one other thing I want to mention about this game is somebody took a picture of a sign inside Arizona Stadium. It says, bats live in the stadium. Please do not touch the bat. <laughs> Bats living in in the fish tank. <laughs> so when when you described this to me uh, last night, I I thought you meant like someone was holding up a sign, <laughs> like a like a fan sign. It is it is mounted to the wall of the stadium. Bats live in the stadium. 
I, I think more fan signs more fan signs should have like just hazardous information. Like if you're at UTEP, someone should hold up a sign like, Hey, don't look at the mountain. No children I, looking at the mountain yeah, in no, UTEP. Okay. Yeah, uh, they they lost in New Mexico. Sorry, UTEP. God, I was mm. uh You didn't have to mention that. You know, I'd be more like I don't know, you guys I I guess I guess Escalante, you grew up a little around around like areas with bass and stuff, like but bats being around, man, I get like like weird like rabies like fear of like seeing bats and stuff out. I've, I've never been... lived outside of Canada. I've been below the Mason Dixon line maybe twice. This is horrifying. I, I had this I was... had a friend I had a friend of mine in oh. college who like who had a bat come in his room and and like he tried to like get it in a fitted sheet or whatever, trying to like get the bat out the window. And later on, like he saw that he had a cut on his finger. And oh, he no. was like, shit. And so he had to do the like the rabies shot series, which is like nine shots or whatever it is, like very unpleasant things. Uh, the weird thing about this is is I actually went to Longhorn Cavern this year, which is oh, yeah. a little bit outside of Austin and like Burnett yeah. uh, or near Marble Falls, Texas. And inside the cavern, there were bats. There were like really tiny bats. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like maybe like three or four inches Maybe oh, yeah, six yeah. inches big, very tiny. And we saw like eight of them. And so my, you know, my toddler was a little scared, but they didn't move and they were sleeping. It was, it was, it was the morning when we went in there, but yeah, uh, live bats. Apparently there's like some uh, outside of San Antonio, a few hours, there's like something called, I think it's like devil's backbone or something cave state park. Mm-hmm. And it's just a giant bat cave. And, and sometimes around San Antonio, it, it looks like rain, but no, it's just bats. That's my oh favorite my thing about God. San Antonio. The my favorite thing about San Antonio weather weather radar is that they have to be very careful about what's rain and what's just so many bats in the air that they oh my that God. It, they get picked up on Doppler. Yeah, it looks like rain's coming. I'm like no, no, that's just bats. It's just it's just uh, it's just thousands of bats. The only thing I can vaguely relate is my hometown has the uh, the record for biggest crow population per year, Ooh. and no one and no one knows why. We somebody, have a, somebody fed them once. Yeah, we, right. We have we have a city crow scare an official city crow scare he rides around on a bike with a flare gun we are a very (laughs) wait in canada it's called a crow scare not a scarecrow well thing is when it's a when it's a guy (laughs) (laughs) well i mean (laughs) but still okay um and i love love you canada and again nobody knows why we have such a big crow population up here and uh, otherwise we're a very like not hick city anymore we were when i was little but not anymore at least we pride ourselves on that and then once a year we get the crow population then we have got the guy on the bike with the flare gun and we're like hey remember where you come from i you, you said flare gun and i like i know what a flare gun is but in my mind the first thing that came to mind was like mad max fury road <laughs> and the dude with like the guitar and the flamethrower, yeah, like not a flare gun, but like just like sh- like launching jets of fire into the air to scare the crows off. That's what that I had might in my be more head. effective. Arkansas speaking, almost got speaking of yeah. a guy riding around with a flare gun. Oh my motorcycle. god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! What a segue! Love it. Nailed it. Ten it's out of ten. Planned it. Stuck the landing. Arkansas <laughs> had a near catastrophic loss to Bobby Petrino's Missouri State. So I didn't see any pictures, but I know multiple people who are planning on going to this game in neck braces. And I just want to, oh, yeah. everyone close your eyes, just picture walking out of that stadium in neck braces and and face paint to look like him after a loss. Just send that, send oh, that out. Yeah. Like that would have been, that would have been beautiful. That would have <laughs> oh, been, that, that would have been even, that would have been great. I love I Arkansas, but that would have been an all-time moment. That would have been a catastrophic loss for the program. I mean, that that probably would have set them back like ten years. That's what I mean. Like the the fans, they were just like distraught, 
it was weird that they they brought him back on on family week weekend or something. I know Petrino's only been there for like two years, but it, it maybe they had this game scheduled before Petrino started working at Missouri State. I, I don't know, but it, I, I didn't. I, okay, all right, because it, it would feel weird that the Arkansas AD would schedule Petrino on family weekend on purpose. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. The family weekend thing was on purpose. That wasn't yeah, announced okay. this okay. year. Okay, that was. Okay, well, yeah, that was a. Uh, a little tricky. I don't know if they were looking ahead to AM and, and Jerry World next week, but let, let's let's see if Arkansas can get back to their whomping ways. I think so. I think this was just when you know when the X comes around, like things don't go well, you start acting weird. You start, you know, trying to pretend like you're over them and it just it doesn't go well. Just bad times. Can I try one real quick? Just take oh, a deep yeah. breath. Speaking of meticulously planned celebration nights, UMass. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you so UMass won. Great for them. Took That's out right. Stony Brook. Loved it. Take take that Sea Wolves. Take that Sea Wolves. That'll show you to be named after a, a submarine. Yeah. Uh, UMass announced that their next game versus Liberty is the Pride game. Is their Pride Night game. If you're gonna schedule Liberty and you're gonna like legitimize their awful grift university, then at least do this. I, I like that this sentence is true. A flagship university in one of the bigger states, population-wise, uh, their football team is ripping off an idea from Northwestern's women's field hockey team. North Texas played UNLV. UNLV scored fifty-eight points. <laughs> I didn't know yes. that was possible. I was like, I was like, my God, UNLV! <laughs> oh my God! I mean, UNLV almost beat Cal, and it was like twenty to fourteen. They lost to Cal. They blew out another FCS team. UNLV has two wins. Are they? Are they like? Are they going to surprise some people in the Mountain West? I mean, I just, maybe I, this game was in Las Vegas, right? Yes, Viva Las Vegas. So, so UNLV put up fifty-eight points, and this was the second at best strangest game in that stadium this weekend. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that that Cardinals and Raiders game, but we're we're not an NFL podcast. We can. Kyler Murray is still running around for a two-point conversion right now. Just, so just putting that out there, UNLV scored fifty-eight <laughs> damn points, which damn and. Yes. It still wasn't the weirdest thing to happen in that stadium in 24 hours. Seth Luttrell needs to go find another job, and I think they're going to go tell him to do that in North Texas. What do you mean, Coach Spencer Hall? Yeah, they're going to – no, that's the thing. We, we've just been posting from the future. Spencer okay. Hall's coming in next. That's right. Okay, he's he's next. Gonna, that's right. He'll get the smooth jazz up. That's right. You know, I thought that Air Force was going to absolutely, absolutely take Wyoming out. Kamish, you called this one. That's right. I was like – I so we got we got messaged by the message board geniuses folks and they started doing uh, like guest picks and they were trying to pick things against the spread and so they invited like CFB home and they invited no context uh, week one and week two and both of them did not get any picks right at all so I picked this one Wyoming plus seventeen uh, I think I get special bonus points for calling this uh, this upset in Laramie uh, and that was the first guest pick you know correct in the history of message board geniuses so I. I go down in history in the internet of getting it right. I I believed in Laramie. I believed in the Cowboys and and they got it done straight up with the 17 points. I know what air force was a little banged up. They were ready for that option. I mean, they were suffocating that option and air force had to, you know, resort to passing and, Great win for the Cowboys. For some reason, I feel like we had so many people at the Louisville Florida State game. Like between folks that we know and football media people that we follow, everyone was at this game. Along with John L. Smith, shout out, smile. Yeah, it was the Friday. It was the Friday game, right? That's why. The yeah, Friday game. That's right. Yeah. I guess everyone was getting ready for their weekend. Florida State was so banged up, and they still won. And the, I don't know how they did it. 
like their quarterback, the the backup quarterback that came in, it was just like he threw like an interception on his first pass. I'm like, oh my god! And then he just kept throwing it, and just like just just he was like, whatever, I'm throwing this. I, I'm not supposed to be playing. I'm throwing it everywhere, and I'm gonna throw it to our giant receiver who was like like eight foot nine or something in the end zone, and he just kept jumping over everybody over that uh, five that foot eleven had. safety and just like just it was just it was so it was so mean. But that was a that was a great game. Good win for Florida State. They're undefeated. I I don't know how they pulled it off. Louisville probably should have won it. Scott Satterfield had a weird game. Yes. He had a little bit of clock commander in him, but at the end, Mike Norvell had the uh, the say anything pose by John Cusack, <laughs> just holding up his his arms, and I just pictured a little imaginary uh, boombox boom there. You know, it was probably playing the war chant, uh, so that that would have worked out. But uh, it, it, <laughs> good win for Florida State. Rutgers and Temple was such an ugly, ugly game. So ugly, but beautiful. Sixteen fourteen. Combined seven for twenty nine on third down. It was a rock fight. I thought Rutgers was just gonna. I thought the Temple's bad this year. I thought Rutgers was just gonna absolutely blow them out. Blow them out, and they did not. I, I know we were talking earlier about um, making trophy games for Northwestern. Can we make this a trophy game and just call it the Big East Championship? Uh, yeah. I don't know why this isn't a yearly game. It feels like it is a rivalry game, but I don't know if they have a trophy. Get get UConn in there and make it a Commanders and Chiefs thing. Done. Oh, so that's all you gotta say. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm on board. Let's go. The commission's on board. Three-way trophies are always the best way to do it. If Rutgers didn't get a pick six in this game, they would have lost to Temple. That's... It's a fun sentence to say, right? It is. It is. And then they welcome Iowa to Piscataway next week. The over-under on that game's got to be like 32, right? It it was 35 and a half from what we saw. It could go down. What time does that game kick off at? Oh, 6 6 p.m. Central. Okay, so it's an it's an, it's an the, evening game. It's going to be a beautiful punting matchup. I mean, both of their punters. We need to make a graphic for both of Rutgers and Iowa's punters. Okay. So that, I, I'm submitting that to the graphic design department already. Uh, the other fun thing about that one is this is going to be Rutgers Scarlet out. Oh, yes. you got to call it something else, right? It's the Scarlet <laughs> Fever. Yes, you there you go. It? Why wouldn't you call it Rutgers Night Out? Rutgers Scarlet Nights Out. Well, I just Nights Out. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Eh, nah, that was really bad. Sorry. Uh, I'm gonna leave it in so everyone knows that I do edit out your I, I do edit out your bad <laughs> jokes usually. I tried my best to help. <laughs> UCLA beat South Alabama barely, but I think the two things important things about that were the worst fake field goal I've ever seen. Like you, when you do a play like that you've you've practiced it right how many times do you think that work even worked in practice against the scout team i i don't think they've i I don't guess they practiced it 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 looked like it looks it was just so slow it was just it was i feel like there's there's one thing i haven't seen an end zone view of it i've only seen the side view but it looked like one guy that shot out of the middle was wide open but the guy didn't throw it and so i don't just on that side view i need to see the back view it was a very risky call but if it's fourth and two just go for it I mean, don't taking the snap, the holder. Uh, no, the the quarterback who was who was the holder. Yeah, it was yeah, a backup yeah. quarterback who was the holder. So I feel like if you're gonna do that, just go for it with your offense. You got a better shot. But I mean, if they would have kicked the field goal and they made it, it, it UCLA would have had to score a touchdown instead of a game-winning field goal, in which they they pulled it off and and pulled off that. They avoided a Sun Belt upset, but that was a close one. I, I yeah. see the thought of doing like the the fake audible, which is you now have a competent guy who can throw the ball against special teamers. Yeah. However, I would counter by saying you are South Alabama and UCLA special teamers might be better than your defense. 
I don't think Chip Kelly is long for this world. I mean, I mean, if Troy Aikman makes a post about Chip Kelly, like he did about UCLA's attendance, maybe. I don't know. But Troy Aikman was like, there's nobody at the game. You need to show up to Pasadena. We need an on-campus stadium. There's also no space at UCLA. Like, that's part of the set. none. Nothing. None at that campus. Uh, none. UCLA also, I think they said that, like, it was moving weekend, too. So, like, that was part of it, was that it was really early. But, again, like, even if it weren't moving weekend. They Wait, might have got, a, they got another thousand people. Yeah. They're just starting school? They're just starting school. They start real late. They do quarters. Texas avoided some big embarrassment. It ended up being 41-20 against UTSA. It was not that close for a lot of the game. Texas fans were, like, ready to throw themselves off bridges after a while. And it, it came yeah. around. Well, it was, it was 14-7 UTSA at one point, right? Uh, there was like 17-7, 17-14. And then Texas tied it up at 17-7. And then UTSA just couldn't, probably didn't have the depth to deal with Texas. But uh, they 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 pulled away at the end. Uh, basically, the second half, I, I saw a post from some San Antonio uh, folks I got on Instagram. They're like, the second half didn't happen. It was only the first half. So the, the one thing that I got from this game, there was a tweet. It said, it just, I'm just going to read it verbatim. A person with issues jumped onto the field and climbed into the Bevo pit during the UTSA game. He started to mount Bevo before an officer pulled him down and arrested him. I saw the video. Bevo was not hurt. Do you think the issues this person had were that Bevo owed him money? I'm going to imagine this because there's a famous bar in San Antonio, which I think was called Cowboys, but it may be called something different, that had a mechanical bull. And so there were some rowdy UTSA fans that were at the Texas game by the Bevo stands in the end zone. And I feel like, hey, I've rode a mechanical bull. Let me try to ride Bevo. And this would be a great story for my friends. And this happened in the second half. So maybe it went off the rails, but I don't know. I'm going to give a, a rowdy Roadrunner fan. I, I'm just going to say that that's who tried to do it. Uh, it's a great story. I'm glad you were. I, like I said, Bevo was not hurt. I don't know if this guy was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The person. tweet never specified, which was weird. I'm going to I'm gonna say it was a guy that did this because I don't there's, think. There's no way this was a good woman. There's no uh, way. I mean, there's some rowdy San Antonio, you know, lady fans, you know, as, as Charles Barkley said. But uh, I, I definitely, I, I don't know. It's definitely a crazy San Antonio guy. I definitely would see that it had to do this. There's no way that somebody in Austin would do this. It had to be a, a rowdy Roadrunner fan. Jordan, so you're saying uh, the San Antonio, the San Antonio ladies were going save a horse, ride a cow. That uh, oh. ride, that's it. That's it. That fits perfectly. <laughs> Pitt won their revenge match in Kalamazoo, and they're still so mad. They're so mad. All the Pitt fans were just furious. This they is were the game of the week where everyone hated it. Everybody hated it. Like, Western Michigan hated it. Pitt hated it. Pitt, they won 34-13. Narduzzi ball is back, baby. That's right. And, you know, the high-flying offense of last year is gone. Uh, the first offensive touchdown in the in the game was scored with one minute and 30 seconds left in the third quarter they had trouble um, running the ball on wmu and i've been watching every western michigan this year and our run defense is not great yeah it's it's bad it's not great and they couldn't get the ball going uh, they couldn't run the ball at all my favorite part was at the end was pat narduzzi was at one of those tables 
given his post game press conference, it's like one of those fold out tables you would see in like a church. Uh, it's just like one of those brown beat up tables where you'd have to fold out the legs. And he mm-hmm. was just sitting there with like a little mic in it and a pit logo. There wasn't even a background. It was nothing. It was just Narduzzi talking, and it was it was beautiful. <laughs> I loved it. Do you know what this game felt like? It felt like when you when you watch someone play NCAA fourteen and they pick army and run them with an air raid offense. Like that's not what they're built for. Why are you trying to do that? Miami at Texas A and M. I'm kind of glad game day you can go to this because Miami oh, yeah. was bad. Oh yeah, yeah, very bad. Miami. Uh, th- let's give the stat. Miami is the first team since at least 2000, the year 2000. Uh, let me let me say it like Conan O'Brien in the year 2000. That's right. To record more than 27 first downs in a game and score zero touchdowns. I'm going to be straight up with you guys. Like I, like I said, I watched the games backwards today. So I, this is one of the last games I saw. And uh, I this was so boring. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. It was so boring. Like, the, nothing as, happened. That's a and That's A&M football. That is Jimbo football. Extremely boring football. And they will just basically slow you, slowly boa constrict you to death essentially, in the situation, and let you make mistakes, which Miami did. They were settling for field goals. They missed two field goals. The muff punt, the one Miami God, mistake, the so... muff punt, the one muff punt, and Texas A&M was able to cash it in with the touchdown, and that basically was the difference in the game. Like, A&M muffed the punt, but luckily A&M got back on the ball. If if they didn't, maybe Miami tied it, and this is still going in overtime with everybody. It's still going now. It's still going now. Like 24 hours later, they're just doing the two-point conversion. We're in the 137th overtime at this time. Everyone's at least the, LSU, the Joe Buck meme. That's right. At least LSU's band is not playing those two notes in this overtime. But mm-hmm. still, it's weird. And, and Jordan, I know you wanted to po- uh, point out one thing about a, a traveling coach. I just I just want to make Coach O a traveling trophy this year. Since he is, <laughs> since he just seems to be showing up at games randomly, is I, he like a is he like a title belt? Like now Miami's going to put or Texas A and going to put him on the line next week? Yeah, basically, yeah. I think he has to go from go from from school to school. If we want to track this, I think A and M's off next week, and then they play Arkansas, Arkansas and Dallas. There, there we go. So every time Coach O shows up, he's wearing the polo uh, of the team that he's supporting. So this week he was wearing an orange Miami. Hurricanes polo and he said and he said go Canes and and I immediately wanted to get some chicken tenders from Canes and, <laughs> which that happened for lunch today so thank you there you go it uh, worked thank you Coach Joe uh, last week he was at the Raging Cajuns game he was wearing the Raging Cajuns polo so I I wonder what his closet looks like and what team polos does Coach Joe have when you're watching the Raging Cajun game and you saw Coach Joe you're like I'm gonna get some Popeyes. That's right. He's just, he's just, next, next week he's going or uh, next time he's gonna be with A uh, and and you're gonna be like, man, I want some churches. Maybe some, would... maybe maybe a little little bit of Whataburger with, uh, you know, Texas A and M, something like that. Oh, uh, this isn't on the notes, but I just want to mention this real quick in comparison to my Eastern Michigan glory. Uh, there's one other college football person at the office uh, that I work at, and he convinced basically everyone else in the office to get on the betting apps and take Michigan State with the points. Oh <laughs> no. How many so, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, you got to report back what happens on Monday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, no, I, I saw it happen live. He had the game on a monitor, and everyone would walk by his walk by his desk every now and then, then be like, How, how's Michigan State doing? He'd be like, not great. So many people were so mad. <laughs> was... I think Georgia Tech is very broken. Victoria, Dirtbag Queer, had a good tweet the other day, which was, or last night, which was, um, Lance Leopold of Kansas has completely ruined what I expect from, from college coaches. On that note, uh, Georgia Tech, what is happening? It's bad. How are, they, 
How are they broke? Like, if they, I mean, the buyout doesn't go down until like January, but they're saying that they don't have enough money to pay the buyout for Jeff Collins. But, but Georgia Tech is like an engineering technology school. Like, I mean, do they not? I don't, I don't get it, man. I think, I think this is specifically like them trying to show out compared to like, uh, like in Nebraska, for example, where they're just like, yeah, we're uh, they're trying to say, yeah, we're a university. We're not going to throw however many at football just because we hate this guy. That's fine. Like, okay. That's 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 fine. That that's makes right. total they're, sense. They're, they're doing the Tulane method back in the the nineteen fifties and sixties. Yes, but also, uh, how much money is being wasted by keeping Jeff Collins around at this point? You know, I, someone someone made a very good point last week about Georgia Southern. You know, they're also switching switching off the option. And uh, they seem to be doing it pretty quickly. So I guess you don't need fucking hell. I forgot to ask if I can swear on this. I'm sorry. It's it's fine. (laughs) With like, are you kidding me? I I think fucking hell deserves a deserves a bleep. Oh, for sure. No, I'm gonna. No, I'm 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 gonna actually bleep out and leave fucking in. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) They lost forty two nothing. They didn't turn the ball over any times. Didn't give Ole Miss any cheap points. Nothing. They only had 53 yards rushing on 34 rushing attempts. So they averaged 1.6 yards per carry. They couldn't do that well. They didn't pass the ball well. They didn't turn it over. It's crazy. But, like, they they just did not look competent in any area. I mean, I, I can say this with, like, a legit factual sentence. ULM scored more points against Alabama than Georgia Tech scored against Ole Miss in the same yeah, week. Yeah, ULM cut the lead 28 nothing down to 28-7 when they scored their points. So it wasn't like a garbage touchdown at the end. It was in the second quarter. But still, did you see the, the run by the Ole Miss quarterback? I think they were up like 35 nothing, And the quarterback, Jackson Dart, just like completely obliterated a quarterback yep. to try to tackle him. Just to gain the extra two yards of the first down. Nominal completely, determinism. Completely unnecessary but totally awesome uh, montana state played oregon state at a mls stadium which i added this which was like it was pretty i like the sta- i like the stadium it was gorgeous on it tv was. It, the yes. camera angle was super low and weird like that bugged me it was the but, same camera angle they used for timbers games i i like it's a nice change of pace i like especially if it's gonna be oregon state and like a smaller power pro- program like that i like when they go on tours <laughs> And uh, and playing some weird stadiums. Soccer stadiums gotta be the prettiest to cram a football stadium in, um, just because it kind of works, but it it still makes you get creative with the dimensions. Yeah, it's a little tight, but it, but it does it does work a lot better than say a baseball stadium. Yeah, um, they uh, they didn't put up field goal nets. I noticed like the safety nets. Um, at one point, Oregon State their kicker on a on an extra point did something I can't remember ever seeing. He missed low and left, <laughs> and just hammered a guy in the stands front row. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a really bad direct kick, for direct free kick, oh, yeah. right into that guy and he wasn't paying attention. You yeah, know, like, if he would have made that, they would have got him 69 points. Instead, they had to settle on 68. So, yeah. it, it was I an extra, like, again, this is worth it. Oregon State's kicking looked awful this game, but their special teams was actually pretty cool pretty good because they there was like the nicest and, and it might have had the camera angle might have had something to do with it but like the nicest looking punt return touchdown i can remember in a while because it was like it was all blocking it was beautiful it was and just it was, like oh man it was the punt, so pretty. the punt was like it was long but it was like low in a line drive and it was caught 
there was really good blocking. And then the punter, I, this might've been the camera angle. He looked really tall. I checked he's six, two, but maybe just like he doesn't slouch as much when he runs, but hammered on a block. And, uh, but it was like, it was one of those hits. Cause he was standing up pretty high. He got hit high and just kind of crumpled. Like his feet stayed where they were and his upper body went down. And that was the last block to get him into the end zone. And Oregon state had a decent crowd at Providence park. Yeah. And it was in that moment, which I'm regretting writing this down now, I thought, damn, Oregon State might be good. I think rank, they are. Rank the Beavers, rank them. They are in the AP poll additional receiving votes, so maybe. They should be, they should I mean, be, they, they should be a really they, ranked, though. Like, they should be they hammered Montana State. Montana State's supposed to be good, I think. They were in the FCS championship last year. Yeah, they were. and they hammered them. Oh, it wasn't close. What is Akron Pump? fake punt oh it's beautiful so akron akron's playing tennessee and they're down 35 nothing and it's akron their time to punt again and and tennessee brings the house everybody's coming they're gonna block this punt they're gonna return it for a touchdown but the akron punter pulls the ball back and he pump fakes like he's gonna punt so everybody goes flying by the punter Everybody goes flying by the punter. And then he just steps to the side and then he pumps it. And he punts it. And it's beautiful. I mean, it was a great punt. But, like, he faked out the entire, like, Vols special teams. And I don't know how many times this would work. I really wish ULM would be able to do this because, you know, Texas blocked the punt and returned it for a touchdown. And Alabama blocked the ULM punt and returned it for a touchdown. So maybe ULM punter can learn this from the Akron punter because this was beautiful. Like, they're coming. There's, like, three guys flying at him in the air. And he just fakes like he's going to punt it, sidesteps, and then punts it. We see a punter make a deke punt, like maybe let's say half a season, because like we see it, we see it every now and then. But like yeah. that's one of those things where it's like I've never seen that really fail. But because when it works, it looks awesome. But I just imagine like man, the one time that doesn't work. <laughs> That was the murder. best play that Akron had all game against Tennessee, probably too. So, and then the best play that South Carolina had all game against Georgia was the South Carolina punter pass like it was a fake punt with the punter and the punter's like doing like he's got the shoulders going he's he like throws the shoulders one way and he looks the safety off and he throws it right down the <laughs> middle to convert and then after he converts it he's like let's go let's go let's keep going let's run the hurry up let's run the hurry up it was beautiful and that was probably the best play that south carolina had all all game it was ridiculous so akron and south carolina same level your best play was probably with your punter which is probably not a good sign on how things went for the week. I am an Ivy League homer, I, so I'm going to start bring, mentioning Ivy League football now that Ivy League is actually playing. Because, you know, we don't start football until now. We only play a 10-game season because we're so dedicated to academics and not because we're trying to save money on things. Uh, the Ivy League opened 7-1 and one this weekend, which is the best start we've had in ages. Would have been perfect, except for Yale losing to Holy Cross. So, fuck Yale. And Harvard should Definitely. have lost a Harvard should have lost a Merrimack on Friday night again. A game, that, a game that I think we were the only ones watching. Dude, the camera work in that was phenomenal. We had no idea where the first down markers were. We had no idea if it was first down, second down, or third down. We had to listen to the commentary, which was going in and out, ridiculous. And I made the horrible, horrible Photoshop. That was me. Definitely not the, the VP of graphic design of the Merrimack versus the Monitor, the metal ship battle in the Civil War. <laughs> It was great. It I don't was know. Great. 
it was it was it worked out and they went to OT and Mary Mac should have been able to salt the game away and they just they just couldn't pull it off. I I mean it's just bad. I was upset about Mary Mac's clock management. That's that's how much of a sicko I am. The clock commander of the week. Oh yeah, so we had some week? nominees. We had some nominees. We had Scott Satterfeld uh, not taking a timeout against Florida State for for reasons which we we don't know and they're unexplained. But luckily, Florida State missed a field goal and that really didn't hurt him too bad. Also, Jim Harbaugh apparently taking UConn so incredibly seriously in the first quarter, he had to call two separate timeouts and he used two timeouts in the first quarter against UConn. I don't know why, but again, it was UConn. It could not have been that serious, but apparently it was for Clock Commander Harbaugh. Uh, this one, we're going to give it up for the Denver Broncos coach, Nathaniel <laughs> Hack. It was so bad. They got so many delay of games. I have never seen this happen before, but the entire stadium at Mile High was just counting down the play clock. Like it was a shot clock in the NBA to keep the coach invested and to verify that he still has enough time to get the playoff and to avoid more delay of games. It was just incredible. So we've awarded this twice. First to Jeff Collins for not using his timeouts in the first half and then blowing them so fast in the second half. And then now, Nathaniel Hackett, you have won the second clock commander of the week. We don't know how many times we'll do this up the week because we're sickos and we probably don't keep track of this stuff. But congratulations. You are the clock commander of the week. We salute you. Congratulations, Nathaniel Hackett, on on winning the first sickos committee NFL coach clock commander of the week. Again, we salute you, Nathaniel Hackett. I'm I'm sure we may see you later on this year. Congratulations on your first NFL win, though. I appreciate that. If we we had an NFL NFL only clock commander, he would have got it last week too. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, for sure. After selling for that field goal. So we can give it to him two weeks in a row. Screw it. We we only did Jeff Collins for the first week. We didn't have one last week. So you got it back to back weeks now, Nathaniel Hackett. We appreciate it. And, and thank you for selling for like a 63 yard field goal for some odd reason. Kamish, anything else you got for this week? No, I, I'm going to be on the no context college football podcast tomorrow so that should be next week with the transfer portal guys i'll be doing a preview of week four they said that this week is going to be incredibly sickos so they needed the commissioner of the sickos committee to come on so i'm looking forward to fully going over the schedule again i was at rutgers at piscataway i i see New Mexico State is going to play Hawaii in Las Cruces. So yeah. this is going to be, oh, there's there's so much more sickosness out there. It's going to be a fun week for us, like it is every week. We love it all. Guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight. We will, and uh, fellow sickos, we will see you guys on Thursday when we release, or we'll talk about it. God, let me try this again. Thank you guys for coming in tonight. Always great to talk about week four. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's always great to talk about week four. It is always great to talk about the recap of week three. I want to wish everybody a happy yes. Ha ha. Yes. Shout out to Iowa. We, we love your dog in the stadium and uh, we'll, we'll continue on next week and, and we'll see you Thursday with the, the week four preview. We will see you guys then. Thank you.